Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve. This is your host, Mitchell Anderson. So, um, got a little bit of discussion to go on. You know, a little preview of so far the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, Last night, uh, Toronto looked solid against Washington. Uh, No problem there. John Wall, uh... Never had enough faith in him when it comes to the regular season. Always been iffy come playoff time. That's why I'm still not so promised on Houston right now uh, going to the championship. If this is their year to do it, uh, I mean, Golden State, they're weak, they're fragile, but not all the way weak and fragile. Just because they're missing Steph Curry doesn't mean they're still not a threat in the West. Uh, Houston up 1-0. They'll go again for game two tonight against Minnesota. Uh... Minnesota, that was pretty much their only chance, I think, of winning uh, any game in that series. Uh, I say five, four games, that's it. I love Minnesota. I'm a fan of Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Towns, and Butler, but I don't think they're going to get that job done. Not yet. They're still a little, you know, a little young, but next year will be a different story. Tom Thibodeau, he's a solid coach, but just not, not this year. Great season, 47-35. Uh, crazy how that's an eight seed in the West, but it is what it is. And then you got Oklahoma City tonight against Utah. Uh, I think uh, Donovan Mitchell, like I said, I think he'll win Rookie of the Year, but Oklahoma City would take it in five games. I think uh, it if that Oklahoma City is just too stacked for Utah. Um, New Orleans, Anthony Davis playing like a uh, like a freak, Portland, man, I don't know, a three seed down 2-0, you lose your first two home games against New Orleans, now you gotta go to New Orleans to win three and four to just even out the match, I don't know what's going on with Damian Lillard and the rest of Portland Trail Blazers, but obviously something's not clicking right, and I don't know, I think New Orleans, uh, they're gonna want to try to go for that sweep. Then uh, Golden State uh, up 2-0 as expected against San Antonio. I don't know what the hell the uh, thing is with Kawhi Leonard. It's already been reported. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious here. He's not coming back to San Antonio. Who knows where he's going. But what doesn't make sense to me is the quote-unquote from some say the best two-way player in the game. If you wanna, if you're holding out because if you want a big, solid, big deal contract, don't you want to prove it on the court that you want to show your your loyalty and whatnot instead of holding out and be like, give me the, you know, give me these pay grade. Then you know, San Antonio he needs to realize that the organization doesn't work like that. Tim Duncan, David Robinson, all of these greats that came before him, they don't work like that. You have to work. You have to work. If you want a contract, you gotta work. You have to work it in the offseason. You know what I'm saying? San Antonio's a professional organization. They don't treat anyone with certain privileges or anything like that. It's just that's why they've been able to stay consistent over the years from the 90s to now. That's why, they, you know, Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich has, you know, four or five rings. That's why New England Patriots have been able to stay so consistent in the NFL. Bill Belichick doesn't treat anyone with certain privileges. Why do you think Randy Moss's stint there was so short with two, three years? They had that one solid run against the New York Giants back in, what was that, 2007? They went 16-0, and 
and then they lost to the New York Giants. And then after that, there was some, you know, whatever locker room, whatever was going on. Bill Belichick doesn't play any games when it comes to, he doesn't care who you are as a star player. He treats everyone equal, just like Tom Brady. It doesn't matter uh, how many stats you put up, what your reputation is, Hall of Fame material, whatever. You know, he'll cut you off like that. Same thing with Chad, uh, Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco. He signed there and what? He lasted a few weeks in uh, New England. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, uh, They're just straight up professional. Uh, it's just uh, that's how an organization is run. That's why they're able to stay so consistent. But now we're starting to see uh, Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich, you know, the locker room. Is he losing sight of the locker room? The morale is a little iffy right now. Um, I don't know. There's been reports that Brady, you know, he hasn't fully committed to next year. That's why, you know, Bill Belichick, as a man, as a coach and businessman, he understands how the game is played. Get it? Excuse me. Jimmy G was going to be the guy, right, for New England for the following year, for this upcoming season. You know, Brady's time is short. He's 40, 41. Uh, It's time to move on. But since uh, Tom Brady and Robert Kraft, you know, you let personal relationships get involved in a business world, that doesn't doesn't work out so well. And Bill Belichick didn't like that. Uh, Keep in mind, these isn't... These aren't reports that, you know, are accurate, but you can just tell something ain't right. He didn't like it. He wanted to let Brady go. Jimmy Garoppolo was their guy, and now they traded him uh, to San Francisco. So, yeah, Bill Belichick, either, one of the two is going to go. I really, I don't know what's going to happen this offseason. Maybe they'll both come back, but I don't know. You could just tell. Bill Belichick doesn't let personal relationships get involved in the business aspect when it comes to NFL. You know, it's you know the old quote: uh, "It's not personal; it's, just, it's strictly business." And that's how that's how it is, whether in any sport, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB. You know, you it's you can't let your personal agenda get in the way of business. In order to be successful in any, any kind of sports world, you have to have that killer will, that that instinct, that mentality. I want to be consistent and stay successful in a, you know, you want to keep your dynasty alive. That's how you do it. Tom Brady, 40. Okay, we got, you know, start picking up someone new. It's the exact same thing when it came to San Francisco 49ers. Joe Montana was getting old. He didn't want to retire, so they ended up getting rid of him. He went to Kansas City and ended his career there. Tom Brady doesn't want to go anywhere else but retire in New England. You know, Bill Belichick was going to do the exact same thing. Hey, you know, I, this is my theory. I think he was going to trade Brady, and then Jimmy G was going to be their guy. But Robert Kraft didn't allow that, obviously. So, that's, you know, San Fran, it, they, it wasn't anything personal. It was just straight-up business. Joe Montana didn't want to retire. Hey, you're getting old. Steve Young's our guy. No, he's the predecessor. They didn't, you know, they let their personal issues get in the way. So, it's like, all right. They sent him off to Kansas City. Steve Young came, and uh, they won, what, two, two, three Super Bowls with Steve Young? That's just, that's just the way the game is. You know, it just, it, you can't let personal things get in the way. That's all, you know. It's just, I understand it's tough, you know. You, you, someone who's been able to 
carried the franchise for so long for God knows 12, 15 years, especially like Brady drafted back in uh, 2000, 2001, and then God, uh, 17 years. I mean, that's a long time, and it's hard to let go of something like that, but, you know, comes a certain time where you got to sit a player down and be like, look, you know, this is what we're looking at. It's like we're looking at something new now. (laughs) It's just... It's like, think of an aspect like this. It's like, you have a phone, right? And then you have it for so many years. You took good care of it and whatnot. You go, you got like an iPhone 5, but then an iPhone 7, 8, God knows how many they're coming out with. And it's time to upgrade, right? Your, your iPhone 5 is starting to slow down a little bit after so many years. And you're just like, all right, it's time, you know, time to upgrade. It's kind of a little bit aspect of like that, if you catch my drift. But, uh... Yeah, I just can't let personal issues get in the way, personal relationships. It's like, hey, this dude is a great guy, you know, he's been so successful with us over the years, he's won us a number of championships, how can we let him go? And it's just like, can't let that get in the way, man, it is what it is. Um, I I wish there was another euphemism for it, but there isn't. You just, you can't let anything personal get in the way like that. But uh, I totally got sidetracked. I went, know I went from NBA to NFL uh, when it came to that kind of uh, analysis. But anyhow, to get back on task, Greg Popovich, uh, Bill Belichick, I don't know. Uh, they need to start evolving as coaches, I guess you could say. They go from this 90s, early 2000s, coaching mentality or whatever it was to being hard-nosed and I guess you know you comes to a point where players get sick of it you know and they start rebuttaling against you in a in the locker room uh I we just don't see it you know in the public eye you know same thing happened with uh you know college basketball Rick Pitino and all these other guys you know the whole one and done thing Mike Krzyzewski, you know, kept that old school mentality and realized, you know, Duke basketball was starting to slowly drift off and become irrelevant. So he had to evolve as a coach and look, you know, and now they're back in the, they were back in the hunt for the uh, national title this year. They didn't win it, but, you know, Duke is relevant again. They were starting to slowly die and drift away because of Mike Krzyzewski's old school uh, mentality when it comes to college coaching, he had to evolve as a person. There's nothing he can do about it. It's either him or he had to take the Bobby Knight out like uh, Indiana back in his heyday. Bobby Knight was, you know, stubborn, too prideful, kept that um, mentality of this my way or the highway. But he needs to realize that his final saying word isn't going to, you know, triumph it over uh, what the players say. If it's 10 against 1, you know, eventually something's going to give, you know, either way. So, obviously, back, you know, back in, what was it, 03, 04, I'm just, you know, throwing a shot in the dark. Whenever uh, Bobby Knight coached in Indiana, you know, Indiana had to let him go. And God knows, you know, his legacy there, too. But when it comes to the point where your, your old school mentality starts to slowly die off and it doesn't become relevant in in the public eye and it's not, you know, suitable or appropriate anymore. You have to evolve as a coach whether you like it or not. It is what it is.
I, I don't know what to tell you, but it's just, you know, it's, you know, and I could see from some coaches who've been coaching for so long, you know, all of a sudden you, you have to not so much change as a, as a, as a person, but as a coach and got to be more, um, affectionate, I guess you can say, uh, it's kind of almost in a sense, um, Michael Jordan, you know, um, Doug Collins, uh, during his early years, Michael Jordan, Doug Collins didn't really get along the best. They got rid of Doug Collins. Phil Jackson came into the picture and put his arm around him. You know, Phil was hard on Mike from time to time, but still, you know, or same thing with Kobe Bryant, you know, vice versa. So, but, uh, Hey, um, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be back very shortly. Welcome back, and you are listening to Injured Reserve. So, I like to do a little thing on on this day in history. So, 52 years ago today, Bill Russell became the first African-American head coach in the NBA. Who did he coach for? Obviously, Boston Celtics. 1995, 23 years ago, Joe Montana officially announced his retirement from football. Literally, we know someone along the likes of him will be compared. Three years later, 98, 20 years ago today, Peyton Manning got drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. And then 99, Wayne Gretzky retires from the NHL. So, to get back on uh, the segment of this whole coaching thing, I really don't think Bill Belichick and Brady are going to finish their careers both uh, with each other. I, here's my theory. I think Robert Kraft is going to let his personal issues get in the way. And you would think someone as an owner, like you know the difference between personal and business. And I don't, Robert Kraft is too much of a buddy-buddy with Tom Brady. And... Brady wants to finish his career in New England. And they're going to let Bill go, I think. Brady doesn't want to play under Bill. I think they both come come to terms of somewhat animosity for one each other. They're just keeping it under wraps. And it just looks good in the public eye for right now. And uh, I think Bill, honestly, there's been speculation. Possibly he goes to San Fran. Not as a coach, though. I think he likes Kyle Shanahan as a coach, and he'll go there as like a general manager. He likes Jimmy Garoppolo. He sees a lot in the kid. Obviously, San Fran finished strong last year. They they finished the season 6-10, but they end up finishing the season with like a 3-4 game win streak once they traded Jimmy Garoppolo there. Like I said, you can't let personal issues get in the way of business. And that's what's going to happen. And I don't, a lot of people, arguably the GOAT and Tom Brady, something's going to give. It happens to all of them. It happened to Muhammad Ali. It's happened to Michael Jordan. You know, man, it comes to a point where it's just like, look, (laughs) you got to let it go. And Brady, 
thinks he can play God two, three, four more years. And so something's going to happen whether I think possibly this year he's like 40, 41. All it takes is one hit and you're not the same. Same thing happened to Peyton Manning. You know, God bless him. His defense was pretty much get, carried him that whole, his final season. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So Peyton was able to run off, right off into the sunset. But it's just, I don't know. You can't let something like that get in the way of your feelings. Not to seem harsh or, or critical, but it's true. It's just, ugh. It's, it's a tough thing to deal with, but it is what it is. And then the same thing with San Antonio. Greg Popovich, uh, I think there is some animosity there. In his recent, or one of his interviews, they're down 0-2, and Greg Popovich, you know, subliminally took some shots at Kawhi, I believe, when he was praising LaMarcus Aldridge for, you know, his play. He's saying some skeptical things, uh, some shady things, for that matter. You know, he doesn't complain, he doesn't whine, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We all know he's referring to Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard, just, you know, he's not even with the team. Supposedly, there's reports that he was just ignoring text messages, phone calls from the organization. Just waiting on that multi-million dollar contract. And it doesn't work like that. New England doesn't operate like that. Pittsburgh doesn't operate like that. But it just, I don't know. Who knows where Kawhi's going to go, but how does that look on the other team's aspect? You're holding out for a team that, you know, are you going to hold out on us when you don't get what you want right away? When we want to discuss it in the offseason? Is that, is that how you're going to play that role? Because if it is, we don't want you. You know, so it's just, it's the same, it's, it put it on the aspect of like old Al Beckham. Why do you think teams weren't offering a trade for old Al Beckham with the New York Giants when he's holding out with his little thing or his little scandals or whatever? Because they know how that kind of player works in an organization. They don't want that kind of like attention. He's holding out for this and that, who knows, but I don't know. But supposedly Odell Beckham's good with the organization and Des Bryant is supposedly the, some people say he's going to be the best fit in New York Giants. It'll be interesting to see how that goes because Des and Odell have some high egos. Uh, so Odell, Dallas, you know, they were able to let their personal issues not get in the way. They let you know, they let Des go. He hasn't, those last two, three seasons, he hasn't really been that relevant. And, uh, you know, he's limited. A lot of, a lot of uh, people that have covered him in the past, quarterbacks, you know, said that he's he's a limited wideout. He can run maybe three, four different routes. That's it. He's not, he's, he's not a Antonio Brown. He's not a Odell. Uh, you know, he's not a Julio Jones. He's not that great of a route runner when it comes down to it. They say uh, the corner, the cornerbacks, you know, that study so much film, the way he runs routes, they're able to, they're able to pick 
apart on which way he's going, which way he's going to run. Left, right, slant, straight, you know. So. Uh, another thing is, how is uh, Philly going to do this season? The whole Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, he got him there for the most part. And then when he got hurt towards ACL, Nick Foles happened to be, you know, <laughs> Nick Foles played lights out. He had one bad game. And then he tore apart, tore apart New England's defense. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, a lot of a lot of people are just saying Carson Wentz is going to be the guy. Car- Nick Foles is still going to be the backup. But you think if Nick Foles would be like, "Look, I I want this, you know, this contract. I want you all the Super Bowl." So you can't really, you know, look at the guy and blame him. I mean, he did the stats show. I mean, this dude threw for like four four hundred yards in the Super Bowl or something like that. Is nuts. So the question is, how much pressure is going to be on Carson Wentz this season? He's going to have to play lights out again this year just to prove to everyone in Philly that I'm your main guy, you know, I'm here to stay, and, you know, I want to win a Super Bowl, but do it myself, not, you know, not have Nick Foles do it. So, you know, it's just, uh, and you think, you would think, the thing is, a lot of teams would be opting out for this guy. It's just, uh, but there's a reason why no trades have been offered, I guess, or supposedly there hasn't been, we haven't heard any trade offers for Nick Foles and whatnot. You haven't seen teams like, uh, Cleveland or, uh, who else? Buffalo offer any trades, but I don't know. I'm kind of surprised Cleveland hasn't offered a trade for him, but, uh, I don't know. It's a tough situation right now. Uh, Nick Foles has been, he he has come out and said he's like he loves the, oppor- the opportunity to be a starter again. There's also another aspect or rumor that if Tom Brady re- retires, uh, that New England would be looking at him too. It's just I don't know. That's an iffy situation. I would I would hate to be Doug Peterson and the rest of the the people in that organization to had to make the call. It's just, it's like you got a Super Bowl MVP and he's your backup. I would look at this. I would see how Carson Wentz would perform this the following season. Since he tours ACL and he's known for, you know, kind of scrambling and whatnot, is he going to be the same player? You know what I mean? Is he gonna uh, coming back from an ACL surgery? Personally, for me, I torn my ACL. You're not the same person. You're healthy, but you're not as athletic as you used to be. You're very limited, and especially as a quarterback, like you have to be very protective. Like that's the that's the main priority and the most difficult position of all sports to perform. You have to know the entire playbook. Yeah, the entire team's riding on you. The media's on you 24-7. Wins, win, lose, or draw. You know, you have to answer to the call. It's just, oh, God. 
So, you know, New England, or not New England, but Philadelphia has been making moves in the offseason. So, there's a reason why those linemen get paid a lot of money, you know, and that's to protect your main man, the pride and joy when it comes to quarterback, that it's like, look, this is our guy that's going to lead us there, lead us to the promised land. So, I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see. That's, you know, that's why some of these quarterbacks that get drafted and get paid so much. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. Um, who knows? I'm just... We'll, we'll see what happens if Carson Wentz, you know, if he comes back and he's playing the same, same way as he was last year, that's great. But what's that going to do for Nick Foles then? know what I mean so it's just uh, it's like I said it's a it's an iffy situation you got a 29 year old and Nick Foles seem to be 30 and then you got 25 year old Carson Wentz and you I mean Carson Wentz man I mean 33 touchdowns seven interceptions this year uh completion percentage 60 percent over 3,000 yards passing so it's just I don't know it's that's 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 it's an iffy situation, and that's all I'm saying. And who would have thought? I mean, a, a, a quarterback from North Dakota State, too. What a man! I didn't even heard of the guy until I saw him get picked. I'm just like, wow, really? So, who knows what's gonna happen? But. I just hate to be Doug. Pe- I hate to be in the shoes of Doug Peterson. It, it's gonna be iffy, and it's gonna be crazy how that turns out. But hey, we're gonna take a quick little break, and I'll be right back shortly. And welcome back to Andrew Reserve. This will be the final segment of the day, and uh, preferably probably a short one. So, um. As I self-proclaimed before in the past, I'm a nerd. DC, Marvel, anime, you you call it, whatever. Um, So we are just, uh, man, we are just a few days away from the Avengers Infinity War. And so hyped about it, I cannot wait. Uh, There's a lot of speculation going on on what's going to happen, you know. People like to pinpoint certain things when it comes to the trailers, analyzing this and that. Um, so I just want some of y'all's uh, personal agenda on this. Uh, please feel free to give me your opinion. What's going to happen, really? Uh, obviously, we know there's a part two in the making as well. So <laughs> as, we, as you can tell in the trailer, uh, Thanos is just pretty much just whooping everybody's ass. You know, it's just uh, Iron Man just getting knocked out and Captain America's in the struggle. My theory is this, and I think I think Marvel's going to shock us. I, I don't know. I think either Captain America or Iron Man, one of the two is going to die in the first one. I really think that. Um... I don't know. It's been rumored that Chris Evans and Robert Downey, you know, they're pretty much done with the roles, basically. They want to move on, pass from that. So, 
I think that's going to happen. One of the two is going to die off. One, you know, Iron Man's going to die or whatever. And so it's just, eh. Robert Downey Jr., he is getting up there anyhow. I mean, he's in his, what, mid-50s or whatsoever. So I don't know. And then I had another discussion. And I, I think this is fair. Now, for me, when it comes to movies and people tell me when it's so good or so bad, I go in with that mentality, right? Like, when it came to Batman vs. Superman, uh, Dawn of Justice, I went in with that mentality of like, alright, I've been told this movie is bad and it's terrible. I went and saw the movie, right? And I didn't think it was that bad as everyone said it to be. I really didn't. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I didn't think it was that bad as everyone said it was. You know, I I hate when people tell me that. It's just, the movie's terrible, it's trash, don't go see it. And that's the total polar opposite. I'm like, man, you guys make it sound like this is some kind of Jack Black film. You know what I mean? It's like, have you not seen a bad movie? Watch any Jack Black movie ever, <laughs> basically. So, there's that. And the same thing with Justice League and Suicide Squad. It's just like... Why are these DC films getting a bad rap? I don't think they're that bad. I enjoyed Justice League. I enjoyed Suicide Squad. I didn't, you know, are they in the caliber Marvel movies? No, I'll be fair there. Now, when it comes to DC and Marvel animated films, DC's all day. The Batman vs. Superman animated movie, amazing. I loved it. They followed the comics just like how it was. 55-year-old aging Bruce Wayne comes back as a Dark Knight and beats Superman. It's That's just such an awesome movie. I loved it. <laughs> then you have... Uh, what else was there? There was uh, Batman uh, Red Hood. I loved that movie too. That movie was... That movie was... Under the Red Hood. Excuse me, actually. Uh, loved that movie. You know... The, just like uh, the comics, basically, uh, Joker killing Jason Todd. Jason Todd comes back as the Red Hood, basically like Batman, but with a Punisher type mentality. For some of the people that don't know who Red who Red Hood is, Jay, uh, Jason Todd is Red Hood, and just does things his own way. So I love that film too. So. My opinion, DC animated films over Marvel animated films. Marvel films in general over DC films. I'm going to be fair. But I'm just, you know, I just hate when people just, you know, they overhype or just overhate films. You know what I mean? Because I go with that mindset and it's just for me, it's the polar opposite. It's just like, I didn't think it was that bad of a film. You know what I mean? So it's, I'm trying to think of another example where I saw a movie and it was just like, man, that movie was trash. And you know what I mean? So it's just like, uh, let's see. There was, uh, trying to think of a solid example. Iron Man. I I thought Iron Man was good, but I, I, uh, the first Iron Man, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was as great as everyone said it was. I heard the hype about that. Oh, man, it's such a great yada, yada, yada. It's just like, no, I didn't, you know. It's a good film. Don't get I enjoyed it. I just think it, 
I didn't think it was as great in the hype that it was. You know what I mean? My, you know, <laughs> my, uh, I'm going to, if, if this sounds biased, then it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm a Batman guy all day. You know, you, you can call me whatever, you know, but, uh, great, greatest superhero film of all time was the dark Knight. period. I don't care what anyone says, you know, the dark Knight. you can't get as close as you can with the Joker, with Heath, Heath Ledger, God rest his soul. But man, if there's, I mean, talk about bringing a character to life in human form. That is as close as you're going to get. Arguably the greatest performance I have ever seen in a film. And that, that's, I mean, man, to go to a place where he was dark, twisted, his mindset, where everything is just chaos and he just dances on the ashes when it comes to a character like that, where money is no option to him. He doesn't care about anything else in the world, but just straight up causing chaos. Man, that I love that movie. I don't, God knows how many times I watched that. At least 10 times. I have to... God, I don't know how many times I've seen that film. But there's just, there's and there's only a few films that can do that to me. Shawshank Redemption, another one. God knows how many how many times I watched that movie. Or Goodfellas, or Casino. You know, they, they quite a quite a bit of films like that. So, uh, or not quite a bit, but certain f- few movies like that that have made my list have like ten or more that I can just watch. All, every time it's on TV, I just, I don't switch the channel. I, I don't know what it is. It just, I can't help but watch it. It's just, I don't know. Dark Knight never gets old to me. It's like, you know what's going to happen, but you're entertained all the time. Every single time. Something about Heath Ledger and his joke performance is just amazing every time. The interrogation scene, one of my all-time favorite scenes of all time. Just him and Batman is just such a classic scene. That's gonna that movie's gonna live on for a very long time. You know, it's just it's just like uh, the Godfather films. Those films are over 40 years old, and they're still relevant today. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, man, I uh, I just want y'all's personal notion of it. I just want to hear you know anyone's opinion on for the upcoming Avengers film or what you think your take on the greatest superhero film uh whether uh you know real life uh whether animated or not animated I just want your take on it please and uh you know just uh I just like to hear other people's opinions on on this kind of thing I'm a nerd like that and uh, if you got any other takes or things I should be watching, uh, Dragon Ball Super, as you all know, uh, is on a short hiatus right now. I'm just looking for some other anim- anim- uh, anime shows to watch. So, But yeah, that's all I got to say for today. I hope you all enjoy uh, my episode today. So... Uh, let me hear what uh, y'all have to say when it comes to uh, DC, Marvel, or anime. So, thank y'all very much for listening in. And this is Mitchell Anderson signing off on Injured Preserve Podcast. Y'all have a great day.